and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray that this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Salvation. That's good. I mean, I've heard heads of the 
Isaiah 12 says, With joy we will draw from the wells of salvation. And that is, according to the story of Isaac and Abraham and Rebecca's meeting, that is what personifies, that is what makes us Christians. <laughs> that is what it says, these are the people who belong to the land. And we draw with joy, and we will draw and draw and draw, even if we need to drink or, or like, serve cans. Like, we don't know who we're serving. And I want to get that into you this, after, this evening. Like, you don't know where the word goes. You don't know if people are going to receive it. But even if it is a camel, it's still worth it because you belong to the sun. Amen? Mm. And obviously, you need to drink with that, and you need to drink your full. Amen? Amen. How do we drink? We pray. If you don't, uh, if you're not changed after this series, then I don't know what will change you. <laughs> if you're not praying after this recent series, I don't know what's going to get you praying because uh, I, I'm praying now. I'm praying. Um, we have people now coming to our pre-service meeting because uh, they're not even part of the dream team. They just come for the prayer. Mm. They they know that prayer starts at this time, so they're there for the prayer. Um, we we moving rooms continuously. This morning we were in the big room and it was it was too small. Because people have caught a glimpse of what prayer does for them. And Chen asked me just as well to share just a bit about me. But not me, my, my story, my grace life. Mm. My grace story. And I, there's things that have, that have really developed in my life. And, um, and prayer is really recently, and Chen, I want to thank you for that. Like, being, like, you know, I read Andrew's book, A Better Way to Pray, and what, what did I do? I stopped praying. <laughs> Because everything I prayed before, I prayed wrong. So I was like, I'm just going to, I'm not stupid, I mean, I'm a little stupid, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to rather shut up. <laughs> I don't want to pray wrong, but I'd rather not pray. I'll just be on zero instead of going into the minus, okay? But what this has done for me is really, it, 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 is, it has empowered me to pray. And then praying now, obviously, is, is flowing in the Spirit as well. Praying in the Spirit, praying in understanding. Um, I mean, you... Shane made me a charismatic, okay? <laughs> He's very proud to say it. <laughs> I was with him in Durban and there's other situations. There was one in Tigerberg where we prayed in tongues until we saw breakthrough and someone basically who was on heavy, heavy um, oxygen and not doing any good with COVID. The situation turned around in an instant and that afternoon, I think if I remember, she was taken off of oxygen completely through prayer. You know, that was without the understanding. Now that there's understanding, now there's even more, hopefully, fruit to come. So, how do we drink? One way is to study the Word. Mm. You need to study the Word. And I think that is something that, that, that I think what is, what is keeping me going, what is exciting me is, is to study the Word. Um, you can ask Jarkin's name on Tuesday at our leaders meeting. I said, guys, you need to study the Word. If you need tools, if you need to know how, if you need instructions, let me equip you to study the Word. You vision is, is not enough for me. I need cross-references. I need translations. I look into the Greek and the Hebrew. And, and like, like you, you get to understand the Word. You need to, you need to, to rightly handle the Word. Amen? 2 Timothy 2.15. So what does it mean to rightly handle it? You need to start handling it. You can't just say, I'm going to rightly handle it. No, you need to handle it. This is a new Bible. Amen? Because the other one's falling apart. I have Bibles that I scribble in. I have Bibles that I don't. Because you want God to reveal something new to you. Okay, so in 1 Corinthians 15, 10, Paul says, I labor more abundantly than you all. Yet not I, by the grace of God which was with me. And what we think he says is, I work harder than all of you. Anyone with me? <laughs> I do more meetings. Maybe I pray more if we are very spiritual. Like I, I work hard. Like, like I mean, I remember the first Sunday, it was the evening service in Stellenbosch, that I that I preached. I was so nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. I preached in our small church in Durbanville for a bit, and then I was invited to preach in Stellenbosch. It was a it was a big thing for me. Okay, so my wife was very proud of me that she um, there was still a Cape Town fish market where. What is that? That's not only at the market or whatever. Anyway, there's no more, no longer a Cape Town fish market, but she took me to Cape Town fish market, which was an expensive restaurant, especially where we were financially. <laughs> and I couldn't eat. Like that stress and everything, that, like that release, it was just like I couldn't eat. Like she was so disappointed because she took me and like she was proud of me. And, and to say, this is where I come from. <laughs> 
Okay, and one day we preached three services plus growth track on a Sunday. I was done on a Monday. I was plugged. I was like, but you can get there. Amen. You can get there. How? You study the word. You you need to know where the gold is. You need to always dig the well deeper so that when you when you when you dip in there's there's more. When you dip in there's more. When you when you hear someone pray, you know how they how's their relationship with God. You know whether whether it's good or bad. So. Now, we take that word labor, Paul says, I labor more than you all. Now, in 1 Timothy 5.17, he says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. And I looked at the Greek, because I had to make sure, before I make a point, it's the same word. I labor more than you all, now I study the word more than you all. And I, I believe that's true. Like, if you want to be leaders, elders, growing up, to be something of worth, we need to, we, you, I mean, in Stanford, my leaders are, are they are studying the word. <laughs> they come with, with deep doctrine and questions and, and like, and, and they almost, they, they, they're putting a little pressure on me. Like if I want to say I study more than you all, I need to study. Because I want to be obviously leading, so I need to, to be leading. And it's not just leading by example, because it says here so beautifully, it's the elders that rule well. So if you want to be a better leader, John Maxwell is okay, but an MBA is not going to get you there. It's if you labor in the Word, if you labor in doctrine. That's good. Amen? Mm. And that's what we do at business leaders. Business leaders have a bit of an identity crisis at the stage. We try to be an undercover mission organization. So we invite you to a business seminar and then we give you the gospel. That didn't work. Like churches for believers, amen? Mm. So business leaders is to equip believers to be effective in the marketplace. That's what we're about. We need to encourage you to build your ideas. We can give you business skills. Because if you've got something to give, something to share, then maybe people will listen. Now, something else that I want to share with you tonight is, two years ago, I believe God invited me and he said, if you're going to be the calmest person in the room, you're going to have influence. And mm. work here tonight, in any meeting, in family situations, if you're going to be calm. Now, think of it, Jesus is asleep in the storm. Why? Because he was praying all night. I believe because he was praying all night, he was not tired to sleep, he was at rest. And what did the disciples do then? They woke him up. Why? Because they believed that he could do something. They were desperate. But when we calm on the storm, we have influence. Hallelujah. <laughs> when we calm in the storm, then, then there's a draw. People come to you for wisdom, for, for understanding. They come to you because you are maybe more calm than they are. Amen? It says that they will labor in the word and in doctrine. For the scripture says, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. Are you treading out the corn that you're receiving here on a Sunday night? Hmm. Are you treading it out? Someone came to me this morning and he said, This message of shame, I've listened to it twice, and the second time I made notes. I'm like, Amen. You're treading it out. You don't need another teaching. You need to get the weeds out, and you need to get the, the nourishment, the, the nutrition, if you will, out of what you've received. Amen? Yeah. Not amen tonight. You want another teaching? Yeah, get another teaching. But the word says, those who did not mix what they heard with faith, it did not profit them. What did they hear? They heard the gospel, Hebrews 4. Therefore, they did not enter into rest. So when we hear the gospel and we mix faith, meaning we're accepted, what do we do then? We enter into rest. Now, there's a lot, of, a big movement who says that there's more rest to come. And that he's from Hebrews 4, and I believe it's not true, because once you've received Christ, what more can you have? Amen. That's another thing that really marked my life, if I look back at, when I heard the gospel the first time in 2000, and, must have been 2006. I don't really know when I got born again, you know why? Because I can't remember if it was before or after 12 in the evening. So it was either the 31st of December or the 1st of January. Because I wasn't really in a good state. I was at a rock show in Jeffrey's Bay 
at a New Year's Eve party. Literally, my worst moment. Literally, the worst place that I've ever been. Worst decisions. Don't drown, don't, don't down Brandy. Don't do that. And there was a song from Stratla Finnish. And Bo was, was screaming from the front. <laughs> this is the southern suburbs. You guys don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and I listened to the song in this week past because I'm like, that was amazing. And it said, I'm, 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 I still feel a fertile. I'm dirty. I failed at Not me over here. At a New Year's Eve party in Rockshaw. And I'm like, that's me. That's me, I'm dirty, I'm broken, Lord, save me. And then the next song was something like, Come to the Light. And I was like, that sounds like a good idea. And I walked <laughs> out of that concert, and I walked to the beach, and I walked ankle deep into the water, and I cried. And I said, God, this is where people got it. This is where, this is where I stop. <laughs> this is not, this is not working. You know why I can do that? It wasn't just the song. It was September of 2006. A friend invited me to a life group in Pretoria East. And little did I know that I would meet Alicia, who was now our campus pastor in Albania that night. And she was like a little, not a little, she's tall. <laughs> she was like a tall bouncing ball. And I've never heard anyone say the word awesome as many times as I heard it that night. Because just the week before, she heard the gospel. And a week later, she was sharing it with the life group, and I was part of it. And I was standing there, and I was like, this is crazy stuff. I don't know, but this sounds good, but I don't know, but where are these people? Like, what are they busy with? Mm. I was invited the next week, and then we had a secret meeting. It wasn't that secret. It was just like, I have to say the secret. It sounds cooler. <laughs> so as I arrived at this grand house, there was a table with seeds. Now, remember, this was before YouTube, or before YouTube was like, where we are now. So there was a table with CDs, it was Joseph Prince CDs that was imported, because that was the way that you got them, from Singapore. There was one guy who was already working, we were still students, we couldn't afford like <laughs> Singapore CDs. And they, we would buy it and then we would make copies. And there were stacks and stacks and stacks of these messages, <laughs> grace messages. Like, and we would take it and we would listen to it, we would distribute it. We did a, a road trip of six and a half thousand kilometers. I went from Pretoria to Bochum's Bay, which is next to Mossel Bay, to Mount Bostrand, to Klaver, to Ventuk. Um, from Ventuk we went to Swakopmund, then we went to Hentis Bay, and then we went through Botswana all the way back to Pretoria. Six and a half thousand kilometers. You know what we did? We listened to Joseph Christ. We were rebels. <laughs> we were. We were rebels in grace. That was our life source. Mm. We were so excited. We would change and do anything. We had secret meetings. I remember I was at a Tix Missions event. They were able to take a thousand students on mission. Little did they know they weren't busy with mission. Painting houses and putting up fences wasn't mission. So we had an all night prayer, 24 hour prayer. But like, we were there for 10 days. We had to pray all the, all, all the time. I was there at 2 in the morning, I remember. I sat there. And you know, some people just didn't make it at two because I mean, it's a big ask. It was cold, it was rainy, you had to set your alarm. And I was sitting there and we prayed for five minutes. I don't even know how to pray. So how do you pray for an hour when you're half asleep? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> ask Peter and John, they couldn't. <laughs> so I said, no, come here. And what I did, I shared the gospel. And people got saved right there. I had something lit on the inside of me, which is the goodness of God, is the message of forgiveness. It's the gospel. Pray doesn't save anyone then, because they don't pray the way that we should. The gospel did. Amen? Amen. Hmm. You know what's, what's the sad part of my story? There's a little blip, is that I fell from grace. And I don't say that I fell from being born again, because I don't believe you can, but I've fallen from grace. I went to, to Heidelberg and Gauteng, I got a job there and um, I was looking for a church and I got out of community and we all started working and dispersed like the Israelites through the nations. And I found a church and I visited a few churches and like eventually you just you go. You know what I realized is if someone preaches
which is a condemning message, you always think it's from God for you. Because every week, I sat there and I had something to feel bad about. So. And then I sat there and I thought, oh, God is speaking to me. <laughs> of course I'm doing wrong things, but God is not the one who needs to point it out, amen? And I'm so glad that we got, um, we, we didn't get saved again, we got saved. The last day of my honeymoon, I got a job offer to come work for ShopRite in Brackenfell. And um, guess who was in Stanabosch? Alicia. <laughs> and Enemy. And uh, that's a story by itself, how they got to Grace Life and they invited us to church. And I wish I said, yeah, we went, but we didn't. <laughs> we enjoyed the tourist side of Cape Town for a few months. And then we went to Tilbach and Lamabon and Mamanus and everything. Every weekend until I think my father-in-law said to me, Listen, I said yes to a church boy, like, you're not, you're not, you're not going, are you? And then Alicia kept on inviting and we were like, well, we're not there, we're in Somerset West. We'll, we, went, we want to go where we are. So we looked for churches in Somerset West again, went on mission. If you want to get to know the heart of a church, go on mission. Went on mission and I was like, ah, this is not it. This is not for me. This something's missing me. I didn't know what it was. And eventually I said to Natasha, let's go visit with Alicia and then. You see how far I've fallen from grace by that time? <coughs> if you told me there's a grace church in 2007-8, I was there in the flash. Two years later, I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth the drive. It's sad, but that's what, that's what the company world does. It, 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 it stifles you, it drives you, you don't have energy, you feel bad, you think of suicide, you, you get depressed. I mean, I was the most depressed just before I got married. The first uh, three months of our wedding, six months of our marriage life was terrible because it wasn't grace. Then Shane and Mama started rooted before it was a book. It was a course for three months. My wife didn't have a job, so we said, let's go. She went and she brought back every night what she learned. And I learned more and some of the things that we've heard before started to, to rekindle and it's like those flames like started to to be fanned into flame again. And I promise you I'm so glad that I'm not in those first few months of my married life. But that we've now found the grace life. And from there one thing led to another and here we are tonight. Not by anything that we do, but by saying yes to the message, yes to the gospel, yes to submission, yes to community, yes to all the things that we stand for. Has it always been easy? No, it hasn't. But there's always been life. There's always been more than enough of God's goodness. And there's been many challenges, doctrine-wise, leadership, whatever. But once you've tasted and seen, like where, like it's like Jesus said, will you also go? Like where will I go? We've got the words that give life. Amen. You don't need to, to like everyone, but where is life? Malcolm, for you, I just felt God say, like He's giving you a new backbone. And I saw this silver titanium backbone. And He's really speaking about your identity. God says He wants you to see you the way He sees you. When He looks at you, He sees that. He sees shining, upright, straight. He sees pride. He sees, in a good sense, like he's proud of you. Not pride, he's proud of you. Don't say it's time that you see the way he sees. What was spoken over you in your past is not from God. The things you struggle with, it's not from God. I just felt God say, what seems and looks like stones to you is great. I don't know what that means. I just felt so clearly. You say, God, I can't take it. It's stones. He says, God's prayer. So maybe the provision that God has had has for you is not what you think. It doesn't look the way that you want it to. But it's from God. Amen? You can just pray about that. Father, thank you that Malcolm will just know that he knows that he knows. How do you see him? Lord, that there's something supernatural about it. Something so pure, so strong. I just feel the word strength. Strength and honor. Strength and honor, that's what God says. Strength and honor. 
I just feel God saying, like, what you think you're good at is not necessarily where your provision is at. Because He thinks you're much better, much gooder at many things. So don't limit what God wants to do. Thank you, Father, that you just open up ideas. I just see a gush and forth of ideas like a river. You will not be able to keep up with it. It's not going to be forced. Um, it's, it's not going to be your force. It's the force of, of the water. I see raining rice. It's raining rice. It's provision. All in my life. Amen. Amen. So, my grace life. Looking for joy and acceptance. Looking in the wrong places. I was... I really, really had a short blip where I made really bad decisions. But I had a long history of figuring out the system and being fake in it to impress people. I was head boy in high school, I was head boy in primary school, and then when I got to university, I was tired of being head boy, Wifsian. And that's what led to my encounter with Jesus at the long show in Jesus' Bay. We have people in our church in Jeffrey's Bay now, and they said, no, we're going on the review. I was going to the park there. Um, they said, they you like where we're going, we're going to Jeffrey's Bay. <laughs> so what changed me really is the gospel. Unconditional love, forgiveness, and grace. Mm. And really, I feel a little way like Saul did, that at my worst, God's love just overwhelmed me. Mm. You know what happened the next morning? I was in my tent with my friend. And he was listening to a song on his cell phone, and it was the very same song. And that's, I literally woke with that song. I was like, and something happened? I was like, yeah, that's what happened. I was like, you know what I did? I went out to the beach, and I said, God, I'm sure. Like, I know what I said last night, and I'm, I'm just going to feel like My life will never again be the same. Hmm. And it hasn't. Amen? Amen? You know, Romans 8 verse 3 says, For what the Lord could not do, how long did I try? Yeah. But the Lord couldn't do it. Acceptance, forgiveness, dealing with sin. Amplified says that it is overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power. Being weakened by the flesh, man's nature without the Holy Spirit. I like that amplification of what the flesh is. The flesh is just the flesh without God's Spirit. But we're not without God's Spirit if we're born again, amen? So God did. What the Lord could not do, God did. Mm. So is it done? It's done. It's past tense. So what the Lord could not do, now we are trying for the Lord to do something that He can never do. Mm. You can ask me to jump two meters high. <laughs> I cannot do that. <laughs> I'll break something, I'll fall, I'll bleed, I'll cry. I cannot do it. I, I, I cannot do it. Give you one more story. So, I was impressing people and I was sort of just insecure in a way, but you're trying to be rough when you're matric. So, we were at Haysport. You know what Haysport is? It's where you have to do all the items in athletics and then they, they pick the team for who's going to compete against the other schools. So, we're doing Haysport and I'm like, I'm not doing high jump. Like, this body doesn't do that. <laughs> So I knew my limits, but there was more. So we went to the um, long jump, okay? And there was a guy with a camera, there was a few jokers. I wasn't the joker, I was the... Uh, but I wanted to, I wasn't... I didn't have joy in who I was, so I wasn't sure of who I am. And I did a slow clap before I went for my long jump. It turned out to be a long fall, but anyway. <laughs> So what I didn't do, you need to take your trio, you need to see, but I wasn't serious about it, because I can't jump high, and I really, like, I, I, I mean, I've reached the pit, like, I'm like, full confidence that I do that, that didn't happen, by the way. <laughs> so I ran, after doing a slow clap, just to tell you who I was, the guy put the camera off when it was my turn. I'm so sad that he did, because otherwise I could play you the video tonight. <laughs> So I ran full speed after doing a slow clap and getting everyone's attention. And as I come closer, 
I see that I'm not going to jump left-footed because I'm right-footed and I'm not going to make it, but I'm not going to stop now and go back because everyone's looking at me. And you know when it's internal, it's not external, people don't put the best equipment out. So the, the plan they had that day was a little worn out because it wasn't a main event. Yeah? So as I'm trying to make this jump, my foot hits the lip. I'm still wearing the scar on my knee to this day. And I was bouncing on the tartan. And I reached the pit halfway. Head first in the sand. Two bleeding hands and bleeding knees. And I was lying there and I was looking back and everyone was rolling. Laughing. Literally. My rugby coach was there. He started uh, going off at them because I, I got really hurt that day. <laughs> My ego more so. <laughs> I don't even know why I told you that story. <laughs> My most embarrassing moment, okay? Amen. Trying to impress people is never a good idea. Mm. Being true to who you are. I'm not a long jumper. I'm not a high jumper. <laughs> I'm a son of God, amen? I can preach the gospel. You know what? I never, I never planned on being a minister. Um, my brother considered it. He's three years younger than I. And when he, like, I was already at university. I studied industrial engineering. Um, and he, I'm like, what are you going to do? And he, I mean, he did everything different to, to, to me. If I did, I played rugby, he was a skateboarder. When I played cricket, he did well. And he was better than I, most, but he was always just wanting to do something else. He was a bodybuilder at that stage. Um, and he said, hey, maybe you'll be a Germany. Now, my grandfather was a, a Germany for many years. And actually, at his funeral, a pastor, a friend of his, said to my mom, she sent an SMS that night, and she said, your son Peter is going to take what your father did, and he's going to take it further. I was like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> How that turned out to be. <laughs> when my brother said he's going to do that, I'm like, why would you do that? It's like, just to say, it was never my idea. I was joking. I said, my wife Natasha did not marry a pastor. But neither did she marry an engineer because what you study is not who you are. She married Peter. And we're on this mission together. Amen? And it's turned out to be awesome. So what the Lord could not do, that's where we started. I could not do high yeah. jump and it turned out I could not do long jump either. <laughs> he sent his own son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh. So we start with Romans 8 verse 1 and it speaks of no condemnation. But now it says something is condemned. So what the law could not do, condemnation in that sense means to declare unfit for use. To be void of power or void of function. If this building is condemned, that Greenwich where we met for a long time, the, the, the roof was condemned. And it was asbestos. <laughs> and it was eight and a half million rand to fix it. So for a long time we didn't have the use of the hall because it was condemned. Yeah. So if sin is condemned, it means it's the void of power. Sin is declared that sin is no longer fit for use. Not flesh, but sin in the flesh. So God, Jesus dying, did not condemn the flesh, but the sin, the man condemned the flesh. In the man, in, in Jesus, the sin was not condemned. So sin has been void of its power. If you're struggling with sin, you don't have a sin issue, you have a knowledge issue. You need to understand more. We need to help you. Like I said, you need to find the grace life. The forgiven life. Now, Romans 5 is awesome and it speaks about the first and the second Adam. And it says what the first Adam lost. Now, if you're a man, you blame Eve. Come on, guys, I thought I would get an amen, but Jock says yes. But if you're a woman, you blame Adam. Amen. We've got scripture. Quick learner. <laughs> Scripture to stand on that says he was the God, okay? So Paul got it right. Paul said it right for us. <laughs> but what Romans 5 really is all about it says everything that first had a lost, that's not what you got. Mm. That's not what you got back. Mm. But so much more. And many times in Romans 5, there's much more, much more, much more. Mm. And that's what I, like one of the, the, the hallmarks for me is Romans 5, 
Romans 8, Colossians 2. Much more then. What Adam lost, much more Jesus came to give. Now, if we grow then from that place, we grow in grace, Colossians 2 says that really everything that is in God can be found in Christ. Colossians 2 verse 8 and 9. Then it goes on and you would, anyone agree with me? Everything that's in God is in Jesus. Mm. In Christ. It's the Spirit. It's the anointing. Then it says, so you are now complete in Him. So he, he sets you up like when you play golf. You put the ball on the tee. So he says, everything that is in Christ, in God, in the garden, is in Christ. And everyone says, yes, amen. <laughs> Where does Colossians 2 come from? Colossians 1. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. So we can't just take the verse out of context. It comes from the context of that Christ is in you and everything that is in God is in Christ. So what are you hoping for? It's in you. You see, you need to draw from the inside. We, we, we should stop having this mindset of God is going to show up. That's good. Christians need to show up. Why was there actually revival? Not because God poured out, but because Christians poured out. God didn't stop worship, no, He never does. But that morning, students got up and they didn't stop worship. They started praying. Simple message was preached on the gospel, unconditional love. And they just worshiped and worshiped and worshiped. And people drove from all over. Why? Because there's a dryness, there's a thirst. People are looking for the real thing. That's why we're here tonight. Mm. Amen? We had a visitor. In Stellenbosch recently, he didn't say to me, he said to someone else, he says, I realize why not a lot of young people come to this church. The person said, tell us, we would like to know, say, don't we, we would like to fix it. But this we can't fix, he said, because you can't just sit there and get two sentences, good idea, and go, one of the week, you need to study the word. You need to get the meat, you need to go look for yourself. And just a few people are willing to do that. Are you? Or are you going to sit where you sit and do what you do and complain what you complain about mm. for the rest of your life? Yeah. Are you going to dig in, thrash out the corn, get the nourishment, make the bread so someone else can eat it? Growing in grace, 2 Corinthians 13 verse 14. says, the grace of our Lord Jesus The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion, the fellowship, the intimate friendship of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. And honestly, if I look at my life from 2007 to tonight, I can see that progression. Not that it is progression in the sense in that verse, I can just see it in my life. Well, I heard the grace message. And after I heard the grace message, I understood and I started to understand the love of God. Because John 3, 16, only because God loved, He gave. He gave Jesus, He gave His best. So you cannot really understand grace without love. They go together. But what I didn't step into, as I'm trying to do now, is the fellowship, the friendship of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And I think that's sort of for us as a church as well. That's really how I see that we've progressed over the last few years. <laughs> Someone said to me the other day, What did we do for the last few <laughs> I'm like, well, we did it. We laid a foundation. And the two group of first Corinthians 3 says that there's no other foundation than Christ. And now Jude says that if we build on the foundation, we can build the edifice, we can build the highest building, we can keep on building. There's no limit. Because the foundation is Jesus. Because the foundation is laid. The foundation is strong and we can go higher. Growing in grace for me has been understanding the love of God, receiving the forgiveness of Christ. And now walking in the fellowship, the communion, the intimacy of the Spirit. You see, it's really that we are not called to just live without sin. If you just think church is there for you not to sin, or you want to just get up in the morning and make sure that you are saved, and stay saved, and keep saved, that is the most selfish thing you can do. Because then your life is all about you. Your ministry is all about you. 
But if we come to a place, if we realize we're forgiven, we're accepted, we're loved by God, we're called with a mission, we have a calling, a purpose, a destiny, we're walking out, we're putting our gold out to make a road to go into the world. Now it becomes not about you, but it becomes about us. Amen. And you know what's the highest form of love? The one who lays down his life. So religion and legalism hinders the spreading of the gospel. Amen. Because I need to make right with me. I need to confess my sin. No, you don't need to confess your sin. You need to preach the gospel. Amen. <laughs> you don't grow the kingdom by confessing your sin. You grow the kingdom by spreading the gospel. Amen. You see how the enemy is laughing all the way. Mm. If we sit in a religion, the balance, the shackles. Christy said something this morning which shook me. He said it's not gangsterism that is killing Solaris Pass's youth. It's religion. Mm. And every person, you can ask Sumi and Jack, who we've encountered, they've heard about Jesus. But they've also heard, you can ask Eagle Mushrooms as well, they've also heard that they need to clean up themselves before they come to Jesus. So they do not know Jesus because you can be clean enough. No one. Let me prove here I am. Rock show, James Jeffrey's Bay, remember? I wasn't clean. I was wanting to be clean. I was longing to be clean, to be accepted, to be loved. And I didn't know that I had been loved all along. But when I accepted the message, I started living in that reality. Now a lot of grace people quote Galatians 3 and verse 13, which says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on truth. And he said, Shalom, Amen, Hallelujah. And put the Bible down and we go have a coffee. But verse 14 starts with, so that. So we were cursed and redeemed, or redeemed from the curse, for a reason. So that. So we, we, when we stop at verse 13, we miss out on the purpose. <laughs> Why did I come here tonight? Not just to see all of you. I came because I had a message. I came so that I could share a message. So if we stop, well, we're just coming. I mean, it'll still be awesome, I'm sure. <laughs> But then I missed my purpose here tonight. Now, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit of faith. So we've been redeemed from the curse for a purpose. Not to be redeemed of the curse. That's awesome, isn't it? I'm so glad I'm not cursed. I'm so glad I don't have blood curses or generational curses or anything like that. Amen? Amen. That's amazing. But the good news is even better. It is so that the Holy Spirit can come on us and that that happens by faith because of what Christ has done. So God has now cleansed us from the curse so that we can be holy and now He lives in us. Mm, that's good. He's been washed clean, amen? And now God lives in him. You know what Teflon is? Mm. Oh, who knows what Teflon is? <laughs> so Teflon is, as, the, as the, Teflon tries to be, <laughs> what God is, amen? <laughs> so Teflon has a promise. I remember school, school um, pants, they had this sticker or this label that said, which means that it's not going to stain or stain as easily. I want to share with you tonight, God is better than Teflon. Once He moves in, that stain stays. He doesn't need to remove the stain, mm. but now He says you without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. That's good. Because you're clean, and you're going to remain clean, and you're going to stay clean for all of eternity. Because He's in you. Amen? Mm. You see, once you've drawn from Tasted and seen, you cannot help but share with others. I cannot help myself. <laughs> I had the opportunity the other day, this is my last story, at work, where I work, um, I consult three days a week, two and a half, three, depending on what happens in the mission. They ask me how much do you work for church? I'm like seven days a week. So how often are you here? No, so two, two and a half, maybe three. <laughs> They know where my priorities are. So I had the opportunity was to sort of get to know the team and I couldn't be at any of the other sessions. Seven sessions I think had passed because I was busy with ministry. 
And I said, oh, do you really want me to share? I mean, I'm not really partaking of this fellowship. <laughs> and they said, no, please do. And I said, like, okay, now you need to give me an indication. What, what happens at these sessions? I haven't been there. I said, no, you can share your favorite book. I'm like, that's going to be preachy. But um, <laughs> just your story, your life, or like something about you, we want to get to know you. So I was like, the word says make the most of every opportunity, doesn't it? <laughs> so I had a boardroom with seven engineers listening to my story, which is not my story, which was God's story, mm. which is a great story, which is a story of forgiveness, a story of love. And there's so many supernatural things. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think I mentioned one of them tonight. But God's hand is on me. Because He is in me. Amen. Amen. And I'm no different than you. Except that maybe I've spent a bit more time on the Word. A bit more time on the Shanti Yushin. A bit more time digging in and like wanting to, to share what I've been drinking. Sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the shame says there's no high like the most high, so come on. <laughs> they asked me the other day, like, uh, do you smoke? I was filling in forms. I was like, no. Jehovah, why not? There's lots of things going off in my head, but I want to just share with you tonight that I used that opportunity and I shared the gospel. Mm. And I know some people are there from different backgrounds, some go to church, some don't, some go to different religions. Mm. And, Participate and some don't. It was quiet, like you can hear a pin drop. And the one lady, we, I said, Well, if you have any questions, you can share it. And, and then she said, What is your life motto? I don't have a life motto. And the Holy Spirit said on the inside, You do. I said, okay, well, you tell me. I said, What is the Holy Spirit? And then he said, Eternity. Oh, that's a bit heavy for a boardroom on a Thursday afternoon, isn't it? But I really felt the Holy Spirit said to me, are you going to lie to me? No. Right, what do you mean? He said, you just, she just asked you, what is your life motto? I told you what it is, and I know what it is. Now that, now that I know, now that the Spirit has told me, now I know. And I said, eternity. And I meant that, like it went in the north. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit just said to me, I shared this with them and I said, as industrial engineer, and they all are industrial engineers, we are taught to optimize. So we want to make the most, most efficient. We want to we want to get the last drop of juice out of that lemon or whatever that might be. And I said, so I just realized that the biggest impact I can have with this life is to live for eternity. Hmm. And that's just true. There's nothing that I can do here that's going to stay here that's going to impact eternity. Unless it's people. And that's really what I want to leave with you tonight is we are called to impact eternity. We are called to be successful in any other way. How do we impact eternity? Through Christ. Paul says, I fear for you lest you be God like the serpent beguiled Eve. By being moved away from the simplicity that is Christ. We don't need anything but Christ. And guess what we're going Amen? You know what the flip side of that point is? It's what you've been looking for. Because even Solomon, in all his wisdom, came to a realization, he said in Ecclesiastes, that eternity is in the hearts of men. And then he goes on and he says, I think it's Ecclesiastes 3.11, who can know the end from the beginning? So we had what he did. Guys, I'm not talking about 700 wives, I don't know how. <laughs> he said, eternity is in the hearts of men. What you've been looking for is something of eternal nature. That's good. Who can know the end from the beginning? You and I know the end because he is the beginning. Revelation says, I am the beginning and the end. The Alpha and the Omega. So after someone who's tasted everything, went and tried everything, and did not find what he was looking for, he says, it's Christ. 
You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.co. And if you're ever in the Cape Town area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.co.